I don't know that I, I have done a wedding in a long time that I haven't had this thought. You have no freaking clue what you're in for. <laughs> uh, they, am I right about that? Am I, they just, no clue, no clue. Um, and I say that, I mean, I've been married 36 years and I, it, you know I love my wife and we, we, we have a great relationship and all that. So it's not like I have a, 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 a tough time. I don't. It's a very wonderful life, but at the same time, there's so much there. And over the years, there's so many things you've got to deal with. And I have no doubt in my mind that some of you are probably dealing with some very hard things right now. We're going to talk about health, and I don't care where you are in your life. I don't care whether you're married or not, or divorced, or uh, in an early, you know, just in the early stages of a marriage, or, or middle, or late stages, or thinking about it, or single and looking for someone to marry. Um, this is this is just goes across all those stages because it's about health, and it's about healthy people. And it's how healthy people usually end up having healthy marriages, which also usually produce healthy children. So I want to talk about that. But before I do, I, I, you know, I always look for different material, different resources when I'm preparing a message. And, and um, these all were very apropos to marriage, but not necessarily to any of the themes that I'm going to talk about. But it does give us some indication as to some of the popular views out there uh, of, of, of being married and husbands and wives and so forth. And it's from authors, some of whom you probably have heard. For instance, this first one comes from Robert Frost, great, great author, great poet. Great, great thought. It's a funny thing that when a man hasn't anything on earth to worry about, he goes off and gets married. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. Now, we've got to be equal here. What about the women? Um, Helen Rowland was sort of the uh, Irma, Irma Bombeck of her time, late 1800s, early 1900s. Journalist, humorist, and so forth. Uh, Helen Rowland said this, when a girl marries, she exchanges the attentions of many men for the inattention of one. <laughs> Hit a little chord with some of us, didn't it, huh? <laughs> and then the great French philosopher whose name I'm not going to pronounce because 400 of you will come up to me afterwards and each tell me a different pronunciation and how yours is correct and everybody else's is wrong. But uh, Michel, and I'll let you pronounce his last name, uh, he says, a good marriage would be between a blind wife and a deaf husband. <laughs> There's probably a lot of truth. I'm getting too many head shakes, yes, from the women. I'm getting way too many. <laughs> uh, and what, I, you know, I'm not, I get one more, one more. And I'm not, I, you know, I love Socrates. If you come here very much, I'm I don't quote him every Sunday. I would if I could find something applicable, but, but uh, I love Socrates, and, and I, this is one of his great ones. My advice to you is get married. If you find a good wife, you'll be happy. If not, you'll become a philosopher. <laughs> Interesting thing about that. I would really love to know what Mrs. Socrates thought about that because he was married. He had three kids, actually. It's interesting, some of the views we have uh, of marriage and some of the things that we can kind of laugh at and have a good time. What I'm going to show you today when we talk about health, um, again, this, this, this is, this, for some of you, this might not just be your family. It might be like your close friends. And, and these are things that ought to be a part of every one of our circles of influence, certainly our families. 
whether we're husband, wife, kid, you know, parent, whatever. And, and if I, or if I'm not there, then it's the, the people that I'm around, whatever, whatever I look to as family. Uh, it, it, these are things that are just, it just makes us healthy. And I'm going to say this, 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 this thought again. Healthy marriages happen to healthy people who come from healthy homes. And yes, there are exceptions. Some of you have healthy marriages and healthy families, and you didn't come from a healthy place. And you were determined in your own heart and in your own mind, mine's going to be different. And God bless you for that. You know, and if you're out of, coming out of that situation, or maybe you're coming out of an unhealthy relationship, you say, you know what, I'm changing. This, I'm going to change it. Maybe, maybe I'm not as young as I used to be, but I'm going to change it. God bless you, change it. Time is now. Um, some of you, and I, want, I just got I just got to say this, because I know there are people like this here, at least that will be here in one of our three services. Uh, and that is you, you, you really worked hard to have a healthy home and a healthy marriage, and, and now you're dealing with kids that, that may not look all that healthy right now. And I would just say to you, it happens. I can't explain it, but it happens. And I would just say, hang on, keep doing what's right, pray for them. The end of that story is not over yet. So just, just hold on to that and, and don't beat yourself up. And as the movie clip tells us, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to forgive ourselves. So I just want to say that. And here's what I want to do. By the way, um, you know, we talk about the different things that we can do for, for each other and all that. One of the things that I was going to talk about that I'm not uh, today is love languages. And I'm going to refer to that again in a moment. But tomorrow up on the blog... Um, on our renaissancechurch.org. You can take, take a look at that. There's a little thing I wrote about love languages and a synopsis of a book because we all have that as well. And that's part of being healthy. And I'll, I'll, I'll allude to that more in just a moment. Here's what I want to do. I want to take you to the Bible. I'm going to show you a passage in, the, in 1 Peter, New Testament, uh, chapter 3. And it comes, he, he talks to wives and then he talks to husbands and then he talks to everybody. Wives, husbands, kids, whatever. That's where I'm going to pick it up. It's in, in, I'm going to show it to you, 1 Peter 3, verse 8. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to read that, and we're going to look at that together, and then we're going to look at about 10 different things. And I, and I really debated, I really should only do two or three in depth. But I wanted to give you the full spectrum of flavor and, and variety that's there that are part of hell. I'll, I'll just that are part of a healthy home. I will just probably talk. Not probably. I can. I will tell you that I will only probably talk in detail about three or four of those. But I'm going to give all ten of them to you anyway, and uh, something for you to kind of dwell on. But let's let's start with First Peter chapter three, and just we're going to pick it up in verse eight. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read. You're going to follow along. This is in the New American Standard Bible, which arguably is the most accurate. Uh, depending on what scholar you read, many believe that this is the most accurate translation we have in the English. Um, and we're going to read it, and then I'm gonna, we're going to talk about these, these tenets of healthy marriages and families and, and healthy homes. And, and then I'm going to read the same passage to you in the, in the message, the paraphrase uh, of the Bible as well. So here we go. Uh, chapter 3, verse 8, 1 Peter. Here we go. Sum up. To sum up. You sum up always saying the husbands, wives, and kids and everything. All of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the, oh, this is, I just love this, for the one who desires life to love and see good days, 
That's me. I want to see love and see good days. Must keep his tongue from evil, his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil and keep on doing evil in present active tense. There's a lot in those verses. I'm going to show you again 10 very quick things. I call them 10 tenets of healthy marriages, families, homes. Really, it's 10 tenets of healthy people that make up good homes. These things ought to be in our homes, every one of them. Get you to think about them a little bit. The first one, pretty easy, pretty elementary, pretty basic. We talk about it all the time. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. Um, It's a lot easier to talk about than it is to practice because depending on where you come from and what your your thing happens to be, you know, and by, by thing, I mean, for some of us, it's real easy to be unconditional in our, in our love for, our, for maybe our, our children, as long as they do what we think and as long as they live up to our expectations. But for some of you, that might mean the minute they, they don't do their best in athletics, you know, you kind of come down on them. And I'm not saying that you accept not doing a person's best, but you've got to be careful how you present that to them. Or maybe if they come home and they have maybe a grade that, and I know this is important. I don't, I'm not minimizing education. I'm not minimizing the importance of good grades in order to get in the right school. Some of you take it a little too far, but I'll let you deal with that. Um, but when, you, when, a, when a kid comes home and, you know, they, you feel like they've done their best, and, and I've heard some stories about this from time to time, how, you know, they're just, they're just devastated over a grade. And I, I've heard actually probably half a dozen different times some stories. And, then, you know, I'm thinking, well, they must have really flunked that course. You know, and here they, well, they had a C. I'm like, are you kidding me? You want me to show, me show you one of my report cards? No, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we don't strive for excellence. But how we correct that situation, how we address that situation is huge. That we do that in a way that, look... You know, we got to do this, or we have to do this, or we have to study harder, or we have to, you know, do some other things. But, but at the same time, I want you to know, and we have to emphasize and emphasize and overemphasize this as parents. I don't love you one bit less. Please don't ever think that. And, and sometimes that doesn't get communicated as clearly as it should. Trust me on that. That's true. And for some, it might be academics. For some, it might be athletics. For some, it might be something else. But you've got to be so careful. doesn't mean we just let stuff slide. But we've got to be so careful in how we approach that, 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 our, that our kid always understands, our child always understands, no matter what, I'm with you, no matter what. All right? Now, you've got to be creative about that. And that also works with the one that we love or the ones that we love. Maybe our mate or maybe even close friends that they know when there's disappointment that comes into their life or into our life because of them, that that doesn't affect our love for them one, one scotch. And we, we have to work hard at that, folks. We really do. And sometimes that's not being communicated. And um, I don't think you want to raise children that don't, that don't understand that uh, because, I, trust me, you don't. 
That's one. Un- an uncond- and I think we understand that. It's a matter of practicing it. Second thing, deepening love. You know, your love has to grow. It's got to grow. I think back, for instance, uh, I've been married a little over 36 years. I think back to, to my, my wedding day, you know, and I think, you know, I, I know I did, but sometimes in comparison, I think, I'm not sure I really even love Charlene the way I should. I'm not sure if I was just in love or in heat, you know, and... <laughs> They didn't get that in the early service. They didn't get it. They didn't understand. They don't know what they're doing. I'm like, hello, anybody out there? Anyway, um, um, and, and while I might be exaggerating it a little bit, sometimes I look back on that, and, I, and, and because our love has grown for each other over the years, it just has to deepen and grow, and, and that's how you stay fresh. That's how you stay vibrant in your relationship with, with your mate and, and others as well as you learn to appreciate others. Love needs to deepen. It needs to grow. Um, third thing, determination. That's, that goes without saying. You've got to have that, especially in the age in which we live when there's so many easy options. So many times people think, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just I'm blowing out, you know? And I'm not saying there aren't times when that might, might be an, the only option, but sometimes it's our first option, and it shouldn't be. It takes a real determination. Here's a good one, affirmation. Now, we live in a culture that many times people will, I've heard this, more here in the Northeast than I've heard in the West or in the Midwest or the Southeast, other places where I've lived. I don't need any affirmation. I don't need that. I've heard people say that. I don't need that. Let me help you with this one, okay? Anytime somebody says they don't need any affirmation, there's just one word that needs to come to your mind. Liar, okay? We all need affirmation. That's where, it may be in different ways. For saying, that's when we get into love languages that, I, like, that, I, that, I'm, that I'm writing, that I wrote about on our blog, which will be up I, at least by tomorrow. Um, uh, but we all need affirmation. It's a matter of being, you know, uh, creative and figuring out what that is. Sometimes I don't even know what it is that affirms me. And I've got to figure that out. Usually we can figure that out pretty easily. The problem is figuring that out for our, 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 our spouse, our significant other, our, our children, though even close friends that are around us. What is, there, you know, what is it that, that really speaks affirmation to them? And one of the things you read in the blog, for some, of them, for some people it's, it's quality time. For some people it's, it's you know, doing little acts. For some, it's this. For some, it's this. It's, it's a lot of different things. Usually, it's more than one thing. But you need to think about that. I don't know if you thought about that or not. We, we need to be really... People need affirmation. Everybody does. It's just a matter of being how that comes to them. And the people in your family need it. Even if they say they don't, they still need it. Maybe it's just in a different way. We need understanding. Healthy marriages, healthy families have understanding. All right? Understanding has to do with we listen. We don't, just, we don't just hear, but we listen. And sometimes we'll, we'll pick on the men in that. Well, men need to listen more. I have learned in some cases that's the opposite. You know, it, it just has a lot to do with personalities and so forth. Um, and there are some people who, who have a hard time listening. And we need to do that. We need to listen to each other. We need to be able to listen to, to kids, not just lecture them, be able to listen to them, not just be thinking what our defense is going to be when they're talking to us and what we're going to say in return. We really need to listen, listen openly, clearly, have understanding 
for their situation. Be able to communicate that in a way that's, that they're going to feel like somebody's coming alongside of them and not just preaching to them or condemning them or whatever. Forgiveness, another tenet of healthy people. There's forgiveness. I got to tell you, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how you teach forgiveness if you don't understand the forgiveness that you have that comes through Christ. Because that's the thing that keeps working on my heart and my life. I've said this many times, and I'll I'll say it many more times. You can never sin against me, nor my wife, nor nobody could ever sin against me as much as I've sinned against God. And yet he continues to tell me he forgives me completely and totally and 100% every time. Now, when I have that example, that's why why the Bible says, forgive as you have been forgiven. So, I mean, that to me is the the clearest motivator and example for for me. We we have to forgive. And let me just say this, because I, I know people, and I know... I don't know specifics, but I know that there are people that will be here this morning who are dealing with this. You can forgive the greatest sin that you think you could never forgive done against you by your mate or your kids. We'll just talk about mates for a moment. Because too many times I've heard, well, I would forgive him for anything except... And I just want to tell you this, you can forgive. And I've seen it many times. And I've seen him get through that. I've seen him come out a lot stronger on the other side. You can forgive. I don't know how you can do that without Jesus. I'll be blunt. But you can. And that's, forgiveness is key, whether it be something huge or whether it be just a little inane insensitivities of life that we can just sort of heap on one another. You have to learn forgiveness. Several years ago, I made it a part of every wedding vow that I do. You know, not only will I love and honor and cherish you in sickness and health, goodness and bad and so forth, I will, I will live with you with forgiveness as you forgive me and as we, we forgive each other. That's such a vital part of marriage, such a vital part of relationships of any kind. And if you don't have it, God, you are going to be miserable. It's going it's to stink. It really is. I don't, I don't know how else to tell you. It's just a little pastoral exhortation. You're gonna, life is going to suck. Anyway... Um, you, 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 it, it is, if you don't have forgiveness. It is. And, and that means, you know, and people say, well, for, you know, we, that's why I say I could talk 20 minutes each one of these things. Um, and people start thinking, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Well, of course you can't forget. Only God can forget. Unless I have a frontal lobotomy or something, I'm not going to be able to forget. And I don't recommend that. Um, but, but forgiveness, yeah, but forgiveness means I don't bring it back up again. I don't have ill will. And when I think of that person or I think of that situation, I don't start going, oh, you know. And, and listen, it's a process. Please understand that. It's a process. It doesn't come overnight. It doesn't come with the pastor saying, oh, forgive, just learn, just forgive. Well, that's great. You don't know what this jerk did, okay? No, I don't. I can probably take a few guesses and be right within the first five. But, but, but the issue is, it's going to take, it may take some time. And one of the things that gets lost in this whole forgiveness thing is sometimes it takes some time. If you've been abused by a parent, it's going to take a while. But you can get over that. You can get beyond that. I don't know how you can get beyond that without God's grace and love in your life, but you can with him. Okay, and it, it's not going to happen overnight. And if that's what you're expecting, 
don't. It takes, a, it takes time and it takes a process, and you can get there. And sometimes it might take, it might take a, a, a few years because we're not God. We're not able to forgive like, like God can forgive because he's God and we're very fallen. But you can learn how to forgive. And that means you don't bring it back up again. And when it comes up again, you say, I, I got to get rid of that. It can happen. Forgiveness. Realistic expectations. It's pretty obvious. We just got to, sometimes we got to talk about that, which really has to do with the next thing, communication. Why is communication so hard sometimes between people who love each other? And I'm not talking about husbands and wives, kids, adult, you know, grown, you know, children of grown parents, children who are no longer children, adults, and so forth. Communication is, is such a key to that. And sometimes you just got to sit down and you got to say some hard things to each other, but you want to do it in a way that can be loving and kind and not out of, in, as the Bible had just told us, not, not giving insult for insult. Well, you're a jerk. Well, you're a bigger one. Probably not going to get you very far. Um, in communication, particularly, and this is just kind of the way we all work. It, some of us, for some of us, it comes a little easier than for the other one. But that's where we have to really sit down, and whether that be through the help of a therapist or a facilitator or, or a friend or, 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 you know, a mentor or, or just with each other, okay, we really got to be honest. And, you know, the hard thing about that whole thing with communication is we live in a society that doesn't encourage it. And, and that's one of the things that you need to stop and think about. We get so busy, and it's not intentional often. We just all of a sudden wake up one day, and we realize we haven't communicated in several years. We're like, okay, where do we start? Well, you start from wherever you can. And, and that's why we need to take time. Take time for that and communicate and think about that. That's why we have to be honest with, with each other when we do that. That's why honesty is such a, a, such a, a key element to that. Sometimes it's not easy to be honest. Sometimes we have to say things that we don't want to say. Sometimes we have to share things that we don't really want to share because in doing so, we're going to reveal the fact that, that gosh, I, I, feel, I feel bad sharing this, but here's, here's what I do. Here's how I feel when you do this. You know, I, when, when in the early days, I don't know how early it was, but for me, fairly early days of cell phones, I had to, had to go through a thing. And I still have to fight it, frankly. You know, where, you know, Charlie and I were talking and we actually had some, at that point we were, had a therapist because I was just, I was just so burned out. I was in the church before I came here. And, and, uh, and one of the things that came up was just, you know, when you're on your cell phone all the time, and I would always answer, um, it was like, you know, this is how this feels. And I didn't realize how it was making her feel. Insignificant and, and devalued and so forth. And, and trust me, she is a very low maintenance lady. But I mean, this. So I mean, I was, I was, I, you know, cell phones were new and all the BlackBerry stuff. I was just keeping in touch. This is great. I can be in touch with everybody all the time. I'm loving this, man. That's kind of what I. That's where I, I'm love this. And it was just like to the point of at the expense of the most important relationship that I had. You know, so. I've learned now. I, I read all the, the Wall Street Journal stuff on what cell phone etiquette is. Do you read those things? Those are, you know, I, I didn't realize until just, I guess it was a few months ago. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to hear this in church. This, this, this isn't the Bible. This is the Wall Street Journal. Close, but not quite. And, and um, Wall Street Journal, it, it, it talks about, it, it went through a whole thing of cell phone etiquette. It's, it's rude. Did you know this? It's rude to pull yourself, and you go to dinner, pull yourself out, and just set it on the table. Did you know that's rude? 
That's rude. So, you know, I was just learning that whole thing just a few months ago. Charlie and I were going out to a nice dinner, you know, Wendy's or something. And, and we, were, we were, no, it was a nice dinner. And, and, and I pulled my phone out and I just set it down. And she was like, so are we having dinner with all those people in that address book right there? I'm like, okay, honey, I got the, I got the message. There are, of course, exceptions. I realize we, many of you have situations where at a particular time of the week or month or year where you've got a lot going on. I understand that, and I think we all should understand that. That's where understanding comes in. But we also need to be honest with each other about some of these little things that can set off a whole bunch of other stuff inside that we had no idea was there. Honesty. And the last thing, number 10, I call it cautious retorts. I didn't know how to, you know, that's where you have a relationship where it's just bickering back and forth, back and forth. Insult for insult. That's what the Bible talks about. You know, stay away. Don't return to insult for insult or evil for evil. Where they say something that's hurtful to me and and I say something in return that's hurtful to them because that's how I want to get back at them. You know, and, and that's no way to live in a husband and a wife relationship, in a family, or even with a close friend. That's no way to live. And the Bible tells us in, in, in the book of Proverbs, which is just, you know, says, you know, a gentle answer turns away wrath. How true that is. Sometimes, you know, you're in this heated discussion, and then one thing is said the wrong way, the, maybe the wrong, maybe just one wrong little preposition or, or, or something else, and boom, it explodes. Maybe an expletive deleted, I don't know. But it, boom, it goes. And all, it, it, you look back on that whole dialogue, if you're able to, and you think, you know what, if I had just inserted this soft answer instead of this, it would have changed the whole evening. Uh, it's, it's just, that's, that's good stuff. It's just one, one little word could have changed the whole thing. We need health. And I don't know, you look at those 10 things, how healthy are you? How healthy is your family? How healthy, how healthy is your marriage? How healthy are you and your friends? Right there. Let me show you again. Let's read through it again. Again, this is in the paraphrase, the message Bible. And uh, we read the same passage. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, summing up, be agreeable as opposed to disagreeable, Okay. Be sympathetic as opposed to unsympathetic. Be loving as opposed to unloving. Be compassionate. You get the point. Be humble. That goes for all of you. No exceptions. Watch this. No retaliation. No sharp-tongued sarcasm. Ooh. You get that? That goes on sometimes. No sharp-tongued sarcasm. Yeah, right. Instead, bless. That's your job. Bless. You'll be a blessing, and also you'll get a blessing. Whoever wants to, I love this part, whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, who doesn't? Here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all you're worth. Good, you know, excuse me, God looks, God looks on this with his approval, listening and responding well to do what he's asked. But he turns his back on those who do evil things. I love that. You want to embrace life and see the day fill up with good? Here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. It's interesting. You say, well, yeah, what about the other person? That's not your, that's not your job. Your job is you.
And you know, sometimes it just starts with one word. One phrase. I want to get the band to come on up. Um, They're going to sing a song about that. Because sometimes, this song is called One, by the way. Um, and, And its theme deals with everything in life really, really improves, to use that phrase, one step at a time. And, and, you know, whether it's relationships or whether it's being a good mom and dad or, or, or whatever, sometimes, sometimes all it takes is one. You know, things can change with one prayer. One prayer, you know, just at the right time. One, one, uh, one word of encouragement can turn the whole conversation. One smile, one smile, one touch can be very healing, you know, and, 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 you know, just one day at a time, as they say. And, and although I don't necessarily think this may be the intent of the song, it, it all, I would also just say this. Sometimes it's just the help of one. Being, being God will turn that. Let me pray, and then they're going to sing this for you. God, I pray that you would give us the courage, the presence of mind at times to say that one word. Pray that one prayer. Give that one touch. That's going to just change things dramatically. I pray that we'll do that with God's power and strength. In Jesus' name, amen.